Molten Salad Season 1, Episode 21. 2021 is coming soon, and never have we been more hopeful for a new year. We reveal our resolutions and hopes for 2021. We also reflect on our Thanksgiving and Christmas traditions. Our hearts go out to those who cannot celebrate because of work or loneliness, and to those from other countries who wish to celebrate but lack knowledge of Western culture. We share our tips to make the holidays more festive and to ensure that those who feel alone are included this holiday season. Recorded December 19th, 2020. John, how are you? Uh, 2020 uh, is almost over, and uh, uh, it's been a it's been a tough year, and we're going to look back on this, uh, aren't we? Oh yeah, James. I mean, this year has been <clears throat> absolutely nuts. Everything that was unexpected had occurred. What couldn't go wrong went wrong, and. Uh, People are scrambling right now and just be, they want to get over the finish line for, for this year to be over with so they could start 2021. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think 2021, you know, we talk about the new year and resolutions and, uh, you know, how we have so much hope to uh, grow and change for the better for the, next, for the new year. But uh, I think uh, never, we haven't been so much more hopeful for another year than than uh, 2021, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> 2020, yeah, yeah it, it, yes. That's, I want to get 2020 over with for sure and then and, and get started in 2021. Very excited for 2021. <laughs> yeah, do you have any resolutions? I know, you know, I, I ask this every year, you know, what are people's resolutions? And uh, like 90% of people say that they, they don't have any because they don't like to make them anymore because they never keep them. But I think if, uh, if there's any time for resolutions, uh, 2021 is the time. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, it's like a great reset that's occurring. Right. So I, I agree with you. Well, for one thing, I want to get healthy. So I'm going to start uh, uh, doing my stretches and my, my running again. And then uh, maybe hit the weights uh, uh, later on in the year. Uh, that's on the top of the list. And it's funny because I've been paying for 24-hour fitness for the over 20 years now. Yeah? How many and, years have you used it? <laughs> uh, and I, Well, that's what the funny part I was going to get to was that I've used it for less than three years. Yeah, okay? it's too difficult to cancel it. So why not just keep paying for it? You'll, you'll get back right. to it someday. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, and it's funny. It's like the year that I cancel it, which is this year, because I figured I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not going to the gym. Uh, it, then I want to go work out again. It's so odd. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I, the key to resolutions for me has been to, um, number one, either make fun ones, or number two, resolve to do, resolve to do the things that I really need to do. So, for example... Um, in 2006, uh, one of my New Year's resolutions was to pass the bar exam because I knew that's what I needed to do. So I resolved it and I did it. Um, nice. Another New Year's resolution, I know um, last year, one of my resolutions was to, to score a goal in a hockey game, you know, because I don't score very often. Um, so I, uh, well, that, that resolution, I did it only uh, only three weeks into the new year. So um, one of my, so the way I go about resolutions is to do either fun ones or do resolve to do the things I really need to do, which is to say, 
I, I normally don't resolve to go to the gym more or to lift weights more or to run more. But now that I've turned 40, I think I need to resolve to do that now. Um, my long-term health depends on it. I've been so out of shape. I have no core strength anymore. I know my physical therapist is asking me to work on my core strength so I don't feel so much back pain. I think my long-term survival is depending on it. How do you feel about it? <laughs> oh, well, uh, James, we should skip over that too quickly. I mean, uh, our health is number one. We can accomplish anything. We can make a billion dollars and not have our health and still lose out. So let's do that, man. Like you and I are friends for a long time, right? Let's make a resolution, keep each other accountable for getting healthy again. Right. I, I, I want you to my life for a long time and, and uh, I want you to be healthy in my life for a long time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, it's good for our uh, mind and body and uh, our mental state and uh, our long term health depends on it. Um, do you have any um, do you have any fun resolutions like any anywhere you want to travel or. Uh, um... Well, no, I haven't really thought about traveling too much, but I, I have resolved to be a decent chef right in 2021 and and the cuisine that I'm focusing on is Chinese and Vietnamese cuisine um, and I, I do want to get a handful of recipes under my belt like perfected so I like to perfect about 10 dishes maybe five Vietnamese dishes five Chinese dishes and then uh, we'll see John, how it I'll goes give from you, there I'll give you my mom's Korean secrets if you give me your uh, Vietnamese secrets no, man, no, the, the, yeah, no, yay, no, yay. no, 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 I would definitely do that. I would definitely do that for sure. Oh, you would? Korean, yes, I would do that. Yes, because Korean is actually my second favorite cuisine to eat. Uh, I like it better than Chinese, but uh, I just uh, find Korean uh, food uh, preparation is just, it's, it's quite difficult and drawn out, right? It's not very simple. Uh, there's a lot of marination that takes days in advance, but then the, you also have to make the sauces and then the, 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 the what do you call it? The fermentation. I mean, yeah, it's, it's labor intensive. so complicated. Yes, yeah, yeah. very much so. Yeah. Well, you, you were not open to it uh, previously. I see you've, you've opened up to it now. <laughs> this COVID, man. <laughs> yeah, it's COVID, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely changing me and it's a, uh, changing my outlook and it's shaping my, I, I, I sense it's shaping my life a little bit. Um, For the better? Uh, uh, well, well, we'll never know. Um, I, the, I, need, I need to think about that one. Um, but I know for me, I've, uh, I've made the decision that, you know, my life needs to keep going forward uh, despite COVID. So, you know, I've gone ahead and, um, bought a home and uh, I've gone ahead and, you know, continued on with my work and uh, um, uh, yeah, I hope to keep uh, moving forward in my life uh, uh, despite uh, all the troubles that are going on. Well, at least you got the dating part down. <laughs> nice to hear you call me and, and give me updates here and there. And it's, it's nice. Uh, it wasn't very, this, it wasn't this active before. So I, I think you've done quite well. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's been a really big thing. You know, uh, when the virus first broke out, you know, as a single person, I immediately thought, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to meet people? And, um, you know, in the single world, I'm sensing there are a lot of people that 
are hesitant to meet new people uh, because of COVID. Uh, but you know, from the beginning, I I knew uh, I I cannot afford to be afraid. Um, um, when it first broke out, I also hurt my knee. So one of my priorities was to get um, physical therapy for my knee. Um, no matter what it takes, I was willing to drive far out of town to get it if I needed to. So I knew from the beginning that I couldn't be afraid. And I, um, despite, I still had to move forward in the face of fear. Hey man, that's how we get over it, right? That's how we get over the fear. So kudos to you. And uh, I guess my New Year's resolution for you, or at least what I'd like to see for you is, is to get into a serious relationship finally and stop being such a, uh, a bachelor and, uh, <laughs> and, to, and, and, and to do well, my, my friend, in, in, in the area of, uh, uh, of the heart. So, Yeah, well, you know, I am, I am sensing that these are the final days of uh, my singleness, so I kind of want to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. I've been married for eight years, two kids. And uh, it, it, yes, uh, sometimes you're like, oh, I want to be single again. But every time you go out there and, and try to go out and have fun, you end up at an Applebee's and uh, <laughs> yeah. sitting there talking to your male friends and wanting to go home to give your wife a kiss and, and kids a kiss. So, yeah. Any, any, any fun ones? Like, do you want to read more? Do you want to play golf more? Um, do you want to pick yeah. up a new hobby? Yes, actually, uh, yes, you, you, you touch on a few of them. Um, so we, we already talked about the, the cuisine, but another thing is actually to play golf again. So ever since my son was born, uh, I was only able to play once or twice a year and go to the range even less than that. So this, this coming year, I'm going to make time for not only my health and to cook, but also to get better at my golf game. Okay, so I used to be a decent single handicap player. Um, but, uh, now, uh, I, I could barely hit the ball when I'm out there. I mean, I'm just swinging for the fences basically and not going to control my game. So yes, definitely golf is, is what I'm going to do. And in terms of reading books, uh, I mean, I, I tend to read a lot of books per year. Um, so I plan on, uh, continue doing that as well. You know, one thing, um, speaking of books, I, uh, picked up the novel Treasure Island again. My mom bought it for me when I was in fourth grade. I, could, I did not understand the, the British English of, of the 1800s um, that Treasure Island is written with. My mom told me it, it's one of her favorite books, but I didn't understand it back then. I just recently decided to pick it up again. And wow, it, it is, it's a suspenseful novel. It's, uh, it's exciting. And, uh, you know, each chapter uh, ends in a cliffhanger. So... Um, I'm finally starting to understand um, the uh, these novels. So um, if if I if hopefully I can work on Treasure Island and start working on um, other uh, great novels that I didn't understand as a kid, and I hope to understand them today. See, and then, see James, see James. That's this is exactly why the girls fall for you because like you have stories like this, like you're reconnecting with your youth and your mother at the same time, and you're finding it's new and fascinating. I mean. This is why the girls are like, oh my gosh, I got to line up for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, you're too kind. But, but you know, one thing uh, that women think is strange of me is that I don't watch enough movies. I am horrible with it. So uh, I know a few years ago, I resolved to watch 50 movies in, in one year. So one movie a week, then mm -hmm. I can finally catch up with American society. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, now that 
you know, because of COVID, I think 2021 is a good year to uh, start watching more movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, theaters are dead now. Um, I hope they bring the drive-in back. I would be so excited for that. I, I mean, just to be able to dr go to a drive-in with the family in the car and just sit there and watch a movie. I mean, that is complete nostalgia from when I was a kid. I, I remember the last drive-in that I went to, I was probably around uh, seven or eight years old, and that was the last time I went. Oh, and I've been my, to a drive-in only once to watch Paul Blart Mall Cop, a ridiculous movie, but uh, <laughs> that was my one time going to a drive-in. It was actually, it was, it was really fun. It was really fun. Oh, well, what a choice in movies, man. I love it. <laughs> And speaking of golf, I'm very, I'm very un-Korean. I don't golf, but uh, I, I realize maybe that's one of, oh, that's, that's anathema, it's a useful man. skill. It's a useful skill in life. I know it's a networking tool. So yeah, I should pick up golf. Well, there's nothing that you can do really um, with two or some other person for four hours within the city. Okay. Within the city, you can go out there, you turn off your phone and you're forced to talk to each other. Very few activities you can do that. Right? Uh -huh. um, when you go watch a ball game, you're focused on the game and you can't really talk to each other. But a golf, you sit there, you hit a ball, and then you have about 12 minutes of talk time <laughs> before you hit the next ball. And your phone has to be off because it's considered rude to have your phone on, on the golf course. Mm. So, so where can you do that within the city, right? Like, uh, usually you have to go out far away somewhere, like a, uh, a retreat center or something like that for that to happen. But for to you inside the city, the golf course is the place to do it. And I've yeah, because with team sports like football or softball or whatever, there's a lot of screaming and yelling. It's very chaotic. Uh, running, people do talk while they run, but it's it's annoying. <laughs> I don't like to run with a very chatty neighbor. Right. Uh, you can't talk while you swim. Uh, so that, yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting that you say it's not good etiquette to look at your phone at the golf course. So it, it, it forces you to talk. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like even when you're walking with people, they tend to like, Oh, let me pick up this phone call and you're sitting there just walking. Right. So yeah, this is like, this is like, me and you time and that's it and that's what mm. a golf course is to me yeah well that's that sounds good i i should pick it up it's one of life's useful skills so you know we're we're uh, six days away from christmas and uh you know last month was thanksgiving um i i know you don't uh, celebrate christmas now but i know you used to and you do celebrate thanksgiving do you have any um have, do you have any uh, family traditions uh, for, for Thanksgiving or Christmas? Do you cook a good turkey? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So my the reason why I cook turkey for Thanksgiving and for Christmas um, was because my mother was such a small woman in stature. So she's only four foot ten. And so for her to cook, uh, a whole like a 20 30 pound turkey is really hard I mean, if you could imagine that's a third of her weight and uh so she would have me her you know young and uh, buff son <laughs> uh sitting there uh helping her carry the turkey in and out of the oven it's not then i felt 
like, well, I should just help her make a tortilla. It was so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's why I continue that tradition. And we would typically have it for Thanksgiving and for dinner uh, since we didn't have turkey too often uh, uh, for, because we didn't have turkey for the rest of the year. So, yeah, so turkey was, was cooking was just a fun time for me and my mother. Do you make the sides too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We make the stuffing. I mean, cranberries. I mean, the sauce. I mean, we just open the can and dump it out. But, yeah, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the scallop potatoes, the beans. Uh, just imagine it. We made it and, and instead of uh, purchasing it. So it, yeah, it was I, such a fun time. Yeah, I know in my undergrad at Berkeley, um, it was the norm that the the women would cook the sides, but the men would uh, do the turkey and the mashed potatoes because that required more brute strength. Um, so uh, that's that's how <laughs> that's how we did uh, Thanksgiving in our in our church in undergrad. And uh, you know, I'm really I'm really grateful that uh, my mom is is good at uh, making a turkey. Um, and you know, in recent years, I've really thought about um, immigrants to the U.S. and how they celebrate holidays. Um, and uh, many, I don't know how it is in the Vietnamese community, but many Korean Americans, you know, that immigrate, they say they don't like turkey because um, it doesn't taste good to them. And, and, and one of the worst turkeys I had was um, my uncle and aunt's friend in Maryland, who just kind of gave it the college try, but they didn't really know how to cook it, so it didn't taste right. So it just confirms to their mind that turkey doesn't taste good. And I was, you know, I felt really sad about it because I think one of the things that um, help immigrants assimilate to America is by um, celebrating the holidays of America. And that also involves um, eating the food that uh, people eat in these holidays. So I think it's, it's, it's a barrier to, you know, adapting to America and assimilating uh, the fact that uh, many immigrants don't understand the taste of turkey, but the reason they don't understand the taste of turkey is because they don't know how to cook it properly. So um, um, that, I think that knowledge uh, needs to, uh, to pass on to these communities. And I know uh, my mom uh, has a good idea how to cook the turkey and the sides, but many immigrants don't. So that's just something I was, I've been thinking about lately. You have any, what do you think of that? Well, yeah, it's like people that don't like computers because they don't know how to type. But mm-hmm. that's sad because I mean, the computer, there's a lot of enjoyment and usefulness that you, utility that you can get out of computer. And for you not to be able to type is what stopped you from, from enjoying that utility is just a shame. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, so that I encourage my, my children to type every single day. Every single day I make them be typing. And uh, one's eight and one's five, like I said earlier. But uh, the, the typing is definitely not going to hold them back to, for such a, a useful tool, uh, to not learn a useful tool. Now, when it comes to Thanksgiving, um, the turkey is a very foreign animal to Asians, right? Right. And even when, even when it comes to chicken, let's say, um, what's even funnier is that Asians tend to like the darker parts of the chicken and not like the quote unquote drier parts, which is the breast. 
but the turkey has been basically modified or uh, not uh, well raised or uh, to to have more white meat than to have dark meat but so if if we could get a little assist here which is one how do we make breast meat uh, <laughs> a turkey breast meat not dry after sticking in the oven for so long and two uh, can we uh, make the turkey can we eat natural turkey that is not uh, has not been modified so that it has more of the darker meats, which is what we like better. I think that would help a lot. You know, as my uncle used to joke, it's the, it's the moving parts of the animal that are the tastiest. So that's why the, the dark meat of a chicken is, is tasty. The crab legs are tasty, but not the, mm -hmm. not the chicken breast, not the turkey breast, not the pork chop. Um, you mm -hmm. want the, the pork legs instead. <laughs> I, so, wow, that's, I've never heard that before, but that's quite clear. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any uh, uh, tips that you'd like to share on, on how to cook turkey? Do you, do you baste a lot? Do you use turkey bags? Do you, well, do you put it in a, do you deep fry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the only way that I've personally found. I've tried all the brining techniques that have been touted out there. None of them work. Uh, I, they don't I work. Tried. No, no, they they don't. The the whole brining process is all, and then the people say use like a uh, a cellophane bag to cook. That doesn't work because um, at the end of the day, it's heat, right? Mm -hmm. But what I noticed is when you deep fry a turkey, not only it's quick, but that thing comes out hundred percent moist. I mean, the, the 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 turkey, even the breast meat, it's incredible incredible like this year we had a we did a, a a a peanut oil deep fried turkey that was in for about 45 minutes i mean it was a, it, was a it wasn't a big turkey it was about uh, uh 17 pounds but oh boy that thing came out like like it was kentucky fried chicken i mean that thing was so moist it was incredible so you gotta you gotta so the key then is to invest in a in a fryer that can uh, handle this big turkey and uh, have at it Oh yeah, because your your cook time is so short, right? The heat has been exposed for so such a small amount of time that it just comes out really nice. Now, there's another one that I tried that came out really good too, which was to do a rotisserie turkey. Oh, so I hired um, a company to do it for me because I was just so frustrated on eating dry turkeys. I was like, I'll try everything. <laughs> so I hired hired them. They they only charged thirty five dollars. <laughs> And uh, they, they, they usually do rotisserie chicken, but if you want your turkey done, they'll do it for you for a charge of $35, right? And you buy the turkey yourself and bring it there. And that thing came out amazing, mm. right? So yeah, those are the two uh, probably secrets that I would share for Thanksgiving turkey. Well, thank you so much for that. Do you guys, does your family do like a hybrid Thanksgiving where it's like turkey with Vietnamese sides? I know, <laughs> I know me and my parents, uh, when we have turkey, that's what we do. We, we have a, we have turkey and some uh, American sides, but we also, we, as you know, you know, the Korean community, we can't uh, do anything without kimchi. So uh, there's, there's always at least that on the menu. Yeah, no. So usually we actually have only American sides, but we always have a soup and it's always a Vietnamese soup. So it might, it depends on what the year is, but it's weird. Like we, we all have to have soup and turkey and sides every single year. So <laughs> it turns into a tradition. 
Okay. How about Christmas? What is your family? Does your family have any uh, uh, Christmas traditions? Uh, yes, we do. Actually, we do. My <clears throat> first of all, our family always celebrates on uh, New Year's Eve. I mean, uh, Christmas Eve. Okay, always on Christmas Eve. And we do the same things every year, which is we buy uh, each other a bunch of gifts. Now, bear in mind, there are 32 members in my direct family. Okay, this is not including cousins yet. This is just brothers and sisters, their husbands and wives, and their children, and my mom and my dad. Okay, so the living room or the bonus room is completely packed full of gifts. Right. If you can imagine how many gifts that is, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, oh, it's a lot of fun. Then we sit around in a circle and my dad always plays Santa Claus every single year. <laughs> and uh he always has an assistant, which is my second oldest brother. He loves <laughs> they love passing out the gifts. Is he, so your so, brother's the elf? Yes, yes, my brother's the elf. Who's Rudolph? Like, <laughs> no Rudolph, no Rudolph. But my brother, he's such a uh, he's such a, a, a court jester type. He loves making people laugh, and he's just ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, and he's so silly, and, and and he makes everybody laugh. So he makes a perfect elf while my dad is sitting there struggling to read uh, the the labels, like the to and the from, because of uh, his age. But uh -huh. he wants to do it every single year, so we we love it. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. What? That's that's so awesome. Um, how about uh, with uh, like friends and coworkers? Uh, do you do you do a lot of um, I don't know secret Santas or uh, gift exchanges or that kind of stuff? Do you? You, you know what? I'm always the, that guy, that first guy that that goes, "Hey, don't give me any gifts, right? No gift exchanges this year." And, uh, but, uh, so don't get, don't get me anything in return, but then I'm always the guy that also goes out and gets him a gift too, after I say something like that. Right. So yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, it's fun. And tr typically, uh, there are exchanges, uh, usually within the company that I'm, I'm working at or I'm leading or whatever, it's always, uh, uh some type of exchange, but it never goes, uh, ignored. How's that? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, wine is always a, a safe gift that's fun to give and it's useful. Do you have, are there any other gift ideas that are uh, quick and easy and useful besides wine and Starbucks gift cards? You know, I have every year I've managed to give someone a toilet seat. A toilet seat? <laughs> I, yes. In some way, some fashion somebody is going to get a toilet seat for me okay <laughs> where did this come about well uh years ago uh we had a white elephant gift uh, exchange uh at a company that i worked at and i decided to bring a toilet seat and uh you know that's so that's that actually a really useful gift so there's always somebody that needs a toilet seat well get this Everyone is so excited every single year to get a toy. Somebody, they're like, oh my gosh, like, I know this sounds crazy, but this is exactly what I needed. I was going to go get, a, every, that's everyone's reaction. It's so hilarious. <laughs>
That's oh, that's brilliant. Okay, well, thank you for that. That's uh, wow. Yeah. I'm I'm learning something new today. Um, well, what about what about you, James? Like like, uh, how does your family uh, uh, celebrate uh, I mean, Christmas, and and what are the traditions you guys have as a Korean American family, immigrant family? You know, um, my family is the opposite of yours because um, it's just me. Uh, I'm an only child, so it's just for unless my grandparents. Um, who have now passed, unless they were to visit us or unless an uncle or aunt or a cousin was to visit us. Uh, most of the time holidays are just me and my parents. Um, so holidays have always been a, a very quiet time for us. Um, not only that though, uh, my mom is a nurse. So as a nurse, she can only pick one out of those three holidays off. Uh, she can pick one out of Thanksgiving, Christmas or New Year's. So I've been very used to having a mom who works on holidays and then not only that, um, for 10 years, my dad used to own a commercial property and run a laundromat that's um, in that commercial property. So for 10 years, my dad was working every single day, including holidays and weekends. So, you know, it's been kind of um, a sore spot for me that uh, I haven't been able to be so festive uh, during Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, a lot of my dad's and mom's work ethic has kind of rubbed off on me. Um, I know I worked a little bit this past Thanksgiving to catch up. Um, so, you know, it's been a sore spot for me, you know, in recent years that, gosh, I wish my family was more festive. I, I wish my family didn't live so far apart so we could be more festive. But the one thing I learned from that is, hey, you know, um, it can start from within. Um, if I want to be festive, then why don't I bring the festivities? So I've made it a point um, every Christmas the for the last three years now to, to buy the Christmas tree, uh, to buy an actual tree, not use the artificial one that's stuck in the garage. Um, it, makes, it makes the interior of our home so much better. Um, I've made it a point to, you know, um, if, if my family is busy, um, then, you know, make it find ways to celebrate it with friends, you know, seek the friends givings and the white elephant gifts exchanges and the, um, the holiday parties with uh, coworkers, you know, I value those times too. Um, and, and be giving, um, you know, I think I've realized that if, hey, if my family's not gonna be so festive, then maybe that frees up time for me to uh, serve uh, the downtrodden and the less fortunate and uh, perhaps, you know, volunteer more of, a, more of my time to people that are less, that, that are more in need uh, during, the, during the holiday season. Um, so I think I've been uh, placed in a unique spot and been uh, given a unique call uh, for the holidays. Yeah, I would say so. I, uh, it sounded like it was a sad story when you first uh, started talking about the lack of festivity in your family, but it really looks like you've turned that around and really made it something very, I mean, as you're telling the story, I was like, man, I want to join you. Like, I want to take my kids to go uh, feed the poor and do the unfortunate things instead of just receiving a bunch of gifts from, from, from their uncles and aunts all the time. I, I, I love it. Yeah. And it's gotten me thinking about, you know, other people that are in my dad's position, you know, cause, uh, so many people, uh, are, are entrepreneurs and they run their own businesses. And 
as an entrepreneur, you know, your business, it really consumes your life. Uh, and, you know, you must work uh, every day, including nights, weekends, and holidays to let your business survive. Uh, so I've, I've really been thinking about uh, people that uh, are forced to, to work during the holidays, uh, essential workers like nurses, like my mom, who needs to work on holidays. But I realized um, over the years, uh, thanks to economic struggle, a lot of businesses are uh, opening up more and more during the holidays. Um, um, like even, you know, even retailers are are open on Christmas. It, it used to be, I don't know, John, I, it used to be when we were young that uh, society really took time out during Thanksgiving and Christmas, like society would shut down uh, during these holidays. And it used to be like, okay, let's, let's rest, let's be with their family. But I think with economic struggle, I'm noticing more and more businesses, not just, it used to be immigrant businesses, but now I'm noticing the Targets and the Walmarts and the, the coffee beans and Starbucks, they're, they're, they too are opening uh, during the holidays. So um, I'm, I'm, no, I'm noticing that the holidays maybe aren't so sacred as they used to be. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? I, uh, yes, I, I do. I, I was in denial for the longest time uh, when people were crying about how the holidays were getting commercialized. Um, when you start hearing facts about uh, businesses making 60% of the revenue in the last uh, two months of the year, uh, it, it, I was in denial about that. And I really felt that I should deny that because I just wanted to keep a smile on my face and to think that this is something that was pure and, and unadulterated, but it really has mm, turned into almost a necessity to commercialize it. Mm -hmm. I think people are suffering. I think that, uh, I think people are unaware of jobs that are being taken away um, through automation or uh, artificial intelligence. And it, it affects businesses tremendously during the, uh, the commercial uh, times, right? During, I mean, during, during the holiday times. So, hey, if I could pick up an extra shift to drive a truck or extra shift to make a little bit more money, I'm going to do it. That's how, that's how a lot of these people are thinking. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's suffering. And that's what I see because no one wants to work during the holidays. I'm sure even you, when you were working on Thanksgiving, I'm sure like inside you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but I must do it. And it's so sad that we live in a time when taking a few days off can make or break your gear. Yeah, it, it is. Um, there's no other way I could, no, no other way we could say it. Yeah, it's sad. And because of it, okay, because people are starting to see this and realize this, um, Christmas has taken on another uh, perspective. And it's, uh, that perspective is a purely economical one whether it's good or bad, whether it's you suffering because 
uh, you can't find work or because you're taking picking up extra work and you're spending it away from your family. So I don't know how to get out of that. Um, I think that this world has is so uh, bound by debt. Um, it's almost like a debt a debt world that it's controlled by debt and 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 your job is to constantly work to pay off that debt regardless if you can do it or not do it or whatever it is but it just seems that that's uh what's going on so yes economics is definitely taken over uh the season versus the culture portion of it yeah yeah and you know maybe one thing we need to do is um i know it sounds cliche but we need to rediscover the meaning of the season and rediscover what's so sacred about it and uh, not compromise on that and rediscover the importance of, of rest in our lives. Um, because uh, there's no way to um, work seven days a week, 365 days a year, even God rested uh, after six days. So um, rediscover the meaning of rest, uh, rediscover what's sacred uh, and um, draw on that. And if uh, you see uh, somebody around you who is alone uh, on Thanksgiving or Christmas, uh, reach out to him or her and, and invite that person. I know when I was in Kansas, uh, I faced the idea that um, I might have to spend Thanksgiving uh, all by myself because uh, uh, I couldn't make it back to LA uh, at that time. Fortunately, one of my classmates, uh, he invited me uh, and um, other foreign exchange students, uh, mostly from China, uh, over to his home uh, to celebrate uh, uh, Thanksgiving. And a lot of these students were uh, celebrating American Thanksgiving for the first time. And then um, I was also there too. Um, and it was interesting. I got to play a kind of a liaison role uh, between uh, American and Asian culture. So, you know, if it weren't for him, uh, I'd be all alone for Thanksgiving. So I'm still grateful to, to um, my friend uh, Luke uh, to this day for inviting me twice for Thanksgiving. Um, uh, any ideas, John? Yeah, I, 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 I totally hear you. Like as, as you're telling this story, uh, I just thought about one of my roommates uh, in Kentucky. So he came over here to study. As a, uh, He's a high school student right now. And he came here to, to study and he lived with us because he didn't want to go back to China for COVID because then he wouldn't be able to come back to America for the next uh, uh, year. So he stayed with me in Kentucky for the summer. And I just went to go drop him off at, uh, at another family's house, but they're not close. He doesn't know them very well either. At least I know him for the whole, basically the whole summer now. So it makes me think about him and, and I totally didn't think about spending his Christmas with him and who's he going to spend it with. I mean, he's just a 17 year old kid living by himself. So I'm going to reach out to him after hearing this. So thank you, uh, James. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. You're welcome. And you know, if, if anyone else is listening, you know, please, you know, reach out to those people who are alone. Uh, no one should have to be alone uh, for, uh, for Christmas. Um, so, um, well, that's enough um, poignant stuff for now. Let's, uh, let's talk about next season, shall we? Oh, yeah. Let's do that, man. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, this is the last episode of season one, uh, starting January 1st of season two. 
And uh, I just wanted to uh, mention uh, some of the topics that I hope to, to talk about in season two. Um, um, one of them uh, is uh, the, the pro-life movement. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, pro-life issues um, from a woman's perspective. So I'm hoping to uh, find a pro-life woman uh, who can be a guest uh, to speak about it from a woman's perspective. Um, I know uh, uh, you've been wanting to speak on uh, American foreign policy and uh, is it time um, to rethink uh, our alliances with the world. Um, I know uh, you've also wanted to talk about Andrew Yang um, and his um, universal basic income. Um, I, uh, also, I hope to uh, bring uh, a friend um, to talk about the Eastern Orthodox Church as a third path uh, in the face of um, Protestantism and Catholicism, Eastern Orthodox as a third path. Um, uh, are there any other um, topics uh, that are that are uh, coming to your mind? Oh yes, I, I have a, a ton. There's uh, groups out there that have been wanting to uh, be interviewed and, and get on the podcast. So I'm very excited to to be able to have uh, them on it. Uh, there's uh, a, a group of uh, guys who definitely want to talk about education and the future of education and is it, is, is it really worth it or should it be revamped? Um, that's one. Uh, you hit it on the head when it came to uh, me wanting to talk about foreign policy, but also I want to talk a lot about domestic policy, especially with Joe Biden. Kind of uh, what I think is ushering in kind of a Democrat socialism. Um, there's uh, Group, uh, other topics that I want to discuss, um, such as the ongoing effects of, of COVID um, and, and the world's response to it, such as the Great Reset uh, put out by the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there, there's so many different things that uh, I want to talk about. I, I, I believe that uh, marijuana uh, cannabis is going to be huge in 2021. Um, just because uh, we have a Democratic uh, president that uh, wants to legalize it federally. So there's going to mm -hmm. be a lot of opportunity in those areas. I, I, I also think that um, banking is going to be a big thing. I think banking and currency is going to be huge, as well as uh, real estate. So there's so many different things that I would love to talk to you in season, in, in season number two. And uh, uh, season number one has been fantastic. I think uh, you and I have found our voices a little bit better, wouldn't you say, James? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it started out uh, as a response to COVID and George Floyd, and uh, uh, we've, we've come far from that. Yeah, what, what's amazing is the number of people that are actually listening to us. I thought it was just going to be me and you in a little squawk box and just being <laughs> just two friends like, uh, complaining about being Asian American, <laughs> but it, it really hasn't turned out that way. I mean, everybody, every race, every color, every creed has wanted to listen and it, it, it's incredible. And I, 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 I want to thank everyone out there listening to us. Yes. Um, I want to thank it, uh, all of our listeners. Yeah. It, without you guys, it wouldn't have been possible for, for uh, what we're doing and for us to have the energy to continue what we're doing. It does take a lot of time. So James, I thank you especially uh, for, for doing so much of the legwork and, and pulling your, your, your weight on it, okay? 
And John, I thank you for your intelligent insights and uh, I couldn't do this without you. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yes, this is wonderful uh, thing to do and I look forward to it every single time. So uh, I appreciate it and uh, it's gonna be a great 2021, right James? Yes, it will. Uh, well, thanks John and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy holidays, talk to you later.